the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Well, it is a sunny, feels like spring type Wednesday. God is good. Uh, we are just now about three weeks away from spring, but a nice sunny uh, Wednesday, folks. Great program in store. I love this head- headline. <clears throat> Excuse me. Romney predicts Trump would win the 2024 GOP nomination if he ran for president. You know, former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney, who's become Senator Romney. Listen, he is a senator from Utah. He is um, seems happy doing what he's doing in the Senate. He is obviously not a Trump fan. He hasn't supported the president. But I like what I like about it is for all these people trying to say that you know President Trump it's over and the party's going to move on from him. Senator Mitt Romney said he believed the president would win the Republican nomination for president if he ran in 2024. Another indication of his strength in the party. And Mitt Romney said, Senator Romney said, I don't know if he'll run, but if he does, I'm pretty sure he'll win the nomination. He noted, you know, a lot can happen between now and 2024, which is true. But I look at the polls, and the polls show that about names being floated, 2024, you put him in there among Republicans, and he wins in a landslide. And then went on to say that he didn't uh, he didn't vote for him. Ian, he's the sole Republican senator voted to convict him at both of his impeachment trials. But the point is, what I like about this is Senator Romney is is being objective. Senator Romney is living in reality. It is. He is still the biggest name. Now, I also want you to, folks, I know, I, I completely agree with you. You could be saying, Juan, it's late February of 2021. The guy was just removed from office. Why are people even talking about this? Well, the way that it, things have moved up in, and it's a longer political season as far as when they're running for office, look at the calendar. Now, and, and I've, I've mentioned this, but I want you to understand it's really just this year and then next year, 2022, President Trump getting behind certain Republicans for the midterm elections. So that's huge is the midterms. The Republicans made gains and they want to win back the House. If the Republicans win back the House, Kevin McCarthy becomes the speaker, not Nancy Pelosi. Now, the Senate also is very obviously very close and there's a very good possibility that after next year, the Republicans could, right now they're a, they're a tie in the Senate, but they could retake the U.S. Senate. So if at the end of next year, at the end of next year, 2022, if you have that the Republicans control the House and the Senate, that means President Biden isn't getting anything accomplished. And that what also means when you hit 2023, keep in mind, President Trump came down that escalator in June of 2015. So once you hit 2023, he would probably be just, you know, a couple of months in the spring that he announces that he's going to once again go for the nomination. August of 2023 will be Iowa, the Iowa straw poll. And then the primary season, if there is one, starts up in, you know, December, January, February. And I know there aren't any in December, but I just mean, you know, they're really out there campaigning and there would be debates the Republican debates would start in the summer or in the spring of 2023. So I know it seems like, and it is, it is a long way away and a lot can happen, but it's not that far away when you think about it. So President Trump, he's already making inroads. He had a statement out about Tiger Woods. He has the big speech with CPAC coming up this weekend. I think President Trump is learning less and more is more. The fact that he, you know, keep in mind when he did have the hit show, The Apprentice was on once a week. And I think now a little bit of reflection. He's only been out of office for a short period of time, a little over a month. I think maybe he's realizing that maybe he overdid it a little bit and was out there a little bit too much. And then it just becomes, you know, Trump overdrive. And maybe you just don't give as many uh, opportunities to the media or you just don't appear as often. Maybe take the pedal off the metal a little bit. And um, but but my point is for anyone that thinks it's over, they have to move on. Folks, as we've said, 75 million people voted for, for the president. 
How about over 200,000 voted for him just in Rhode Island alone? And obviously a lot in Massachusetts, but the Rhode Island uh, victory, if, if this were a straight election, uh, that really becomes like a 55-45, not even actually. It becomes more like a President Trump easily, 40, 46% of the vote, Biden maybe you know 50, and then a couple of the uh, independent candidates get some of the rest, or maybe 52, much, much tighter election if they would clean up those voter rolls. So, all right, a lot more to uh, talk about right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 from Mega M-E-G-A, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110-508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 305 3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me, folks, they have really beefed up their coverage of Rhode Island. It is the Boston Globe. One of the writers is Dan McGowan. And, Dan, we continue to be on uh, Governor Raimondo, full Senate vote. Watch huge article in today's Boston Globe by your colleague, uh, Ed Fitzpatrick, regarding the career of Governor Raimondo. This is uh, certainly dragged on for quite some time. Let's start off with just the latest. What are you hearing as far as when the full Senate vote will be? So it sounds like uh, all signs suggest that it will be sometime next week, uh, potentially on the earlier side. Now, I should say, you and I have been talking every week, and every week it feels like there is different information that comes out. The um, is that the, the Senate Democrats largely have um, you know, sort of move the process along uh, formally. It's very in the weed Senate stuff, but 
basically now uh, the 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 you know the wheels are in motion. And remember, it's a 50-50 Senate, but you know with a Democratic president it means you have a vice president that can uh, you know th- that can cast a deciding vote. Um, I should say, and we've been saying this all along, Governor Raimondo does not appear to have a problem for confirmation here. Um, you know, Ted Cruz specifically has. Uh, held up her nomination, but it looks like she will get a pretty significant number of votes. I would say, you know, I'm interested. Does she get 75, 80 votes more so than does she get confirmed? We know she's going to. She's not going to be another Nira Tandon is what you're saying. No. Yeah. That's nomination. And Dan, Dan, uh, does does the governor, does she, you know, if it, let's just say it's next, which it could be like next Wednesday morning, whatever. Does the governor then fly to D.C.? Is she in D.C. when that happens? You know, I don't know if she'll be there specifically for, um, you know, for the vote. Because remember, it's not like she will, you know, she's already gone through the committee process. So it's not like she has to, you know, do another meeting with anyone. And then the one thing I will say I don't know the answer to, John, is I don't think when you're appointed to one of these jobs that there is like a big formal swearing in or anything like that. Um, The question that I have is, you know, presumably her resignation letter in Rhode Island is already written. And so, you know, how quickly does it become, you know, vote happens? Are we talking within minutes of a vote? Does Is there a transition of power in Rhode right. Island? Is it, you know, a day? And, and that's something that I just don't know the answer to uh, right now. Okay. Now, because of COVID, obviously, they don't have any big type ceremony. But I, I, like Pete Buttigieg, he and a couple of the nominees that have been confirmed, they have footage then of them being sworn in outside by the vice president. So, I, I mean, I would think that that happens immediately, like the vote happens and then boom, they swear, swear in. I mean, we're going to find out. Um, but it, I, I agree. It's not a huge type of deal. We'll normally have your family there and everything else. But at, at that point, we can agree it, it, it would seemingly then happen pretty rapidly. And Dan, is her resignation as, as governor and again, some of this we may not know yet, but is it tied in with, um, you know, like the moment she is sworn in by Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, boom, that means she effectively resigns as governor of Rhode Island? So th- this is going to sound like a, a, a terrible comparison, but it's sort of the apt thing to make, which is, you know, if, if you were to use this in a different context, let's say you're convicted of a cr- of a fe- felony. Uh, yep. You automatically are no longer like you are not the mayor of Providence anymore once you are. Oh, OK. You know, and so similarly sure. in this case, I believe uh, that that once you are um, sworn in or once you are confirmed to have a federal job, you can't you are no longer uh, the governor of Rhode Island. Now, my, my assumption is that, again. That, that a resignation letter is, uh, you know, is already written, you know, could it happen within hours, you know, within the day of, I think that's what we should expect. What we know for sure will not happen is she will not get confirmed, let's say on Tuesday and then still be the governor on Friday. That, that is that okay. we know that won't be the case. Okay. And what about uh, incoming governor McKee? Um, normally that certainly, you know, would be a, a process. Is, is it premature yet? Have they uh, announced any plans that it would maybe be televised of his swearing in as governor? They have not announced any plans. I know they've been in touch with the secretary of state's office. And because remember, it's Nellie Gorbea that will swear him in. Um, I believe they are, you know, planning a very small kind of gathering, uh, on the state house steps, or you do it, you know, internally inside. Uh, good question on on whether or not it beco- it's something that gets televised. I mean, would be the case. Um, yeah. And you know, if you're Dan McKee, you gotta wonder. Do, you know, do you want? You you probably want to be treated just like any yes. other governor. Um, yeah. You know, I, I always think about this as as these moments when these big stories come. Uh, as a journalist, I always think about. You know, you want to tell a story that they will, you know, that can hold up over time, right? Of this person was sworn in on this day, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think for them and for him particularly, I think they want that experience because who knows? He may not be the governor two years from now. And so, uh, you, yeah, I, I would I would think he would want as much um 
kind of pomp and circumstance as he can get in a pandemic. And, I mean, if you catch a day like today, granted there's some snow in the back, but you could, at noontime, you could certainly do a ceremony Absolutely. outside on a day like today. They do it colder in January. Day. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Now, Dan McGowan, again, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Boy, last week, things really came to a head. What can you tell us the behind the scenes as far as, uh, I mean, thir- the fact that Thursday, Governor Mundo was not there. Dan McKee was not at the briefing. He did his own on Friday. And then over the course of the weekend, many people seemingly were starting a campaign where they were openly saying that they want Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott to stay as the, the face of the Rhode Island Department of Health, although already incoming Governor McKee seemed to signal that he's going to put his current chief of staff, Tony Silver, in charge of the, the vaccine rollout. Yeah, that announcement that he was going to put his own person uh, in place, Tony Silva, as you said, it was, I think it really touched a nerve with a lot of folks. Uh, you know, you and I love this stuff. And so when there's back and forth and there's a little bit of behind the scenes fighting, you know, it's great for us. But truthfully, you know, it, I think it doesn't necessarily matter to the average person. I think when it comes to, uh, you know, COVID response, I do think, you know, people have become very familiar with Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott over the last year. And so that is a little bit more significant. And you did start to see, I mean, I think you saw Seth Magaziner, the treasurer, who obviously wants to run for governor, um, come out of this. There was a little bit of Twitter movement on that. I will tell you this, John, behind the scenes, there's an interesting battle playing out because you might have heard earlier this week that the governor has uh, signed basically an executive order to allow Dan McKee to... Um, craft and submit the state budget in the event that for whatever reason she isn't confirmed by you know by the middle of March. So that was one thing that was happening. Behind the scenes though, Dan McKee wanted her to hand over power to the COVID response. Um, wanted her Ooh. to sign an executive order to say wow um, you know and, and, and that's gonna happen. They expected, I think that the administration, uh, the, the lieutenant governor's administration expected that to happen, and it didn't. I don't know why. I don't have an answer for why that happened yet or didn't happen yet, but that's something to keep a real strong eye on. In fact, we believe Dan McKee will be at to, uh, Thursday's press conference, but if they're still kind of wrestling behind the scenes about who's in it wouldn't be inconceivable to see him not go to the next press conference either. Wow. And, and uh, Dan, what did you make of now Monday? I was on the radio, but you were on that call with Governor Armando and Dr. Scott. Uh, what did you make of her appearing there talking to reporters and just, you know, again, the governor pushes this whole demeanor that everything's fine. He's going to be there Thursday. We've been doing a good job. She actually even said she spoke to him. Uh, but seemingly things really fell apart at the end of last week. Well, let's be very clear, too. While she made everything sound so lovely and, and kind of rosy on Monday, um, she said things that did not make the, the lieutenant governor particularly happy. One being the kind of promise that he will be um, that he will be at the press conference on Thursday. Again, behind the scenes, there's there's that jockeying about who's in control. So that's number one. Number two, the thing that I think really frustrates the McKee people, and this is a little on their part, because they put Tony Silva, uh, you know, in charge or front and center for their, you know, side of the COVID response. I think that did lead to a lot of confusion about, wait a minute, what's going to happen to Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott? And what Governor Raimondo said on the phone call with the reporters was, um, I talked to him, he recommitted to you know, keeping her in place yeah. and keeping everything. And what the McKee folks are saying is we never decommitted from keeping her. So there, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, finger pointing behind the scenes. I will say um, one thing to note about the governor's conversation with reporters on Monday, it was a phone call, not a Zoom call. So we, we weren't right. able to actually see her. And y- you think, you know, does that really matter? It does because you don't get to see sort of her demeanor. You don't get to see how she's acting. Um, and so th- I thought that was really interesting. You know, she clearly needed to come out. Um, you know, by the way, there was a good reason for her to speak because 
you know, Rhode Island has uh, slightly started to kind of shoot up the rankings on the New York Times vaccine list. So, you know, see, we got it right all along. And it was a, I'm going to say victory lap, but you know what I mean? She was trying to be encouraging there and she wanted that out there. And that's why she spoke to reporters. Uh, you know, I think she would have rather not had any questions about Dan McKee at all. But of course, we did ask a lot of those questions, too. Well, quick, folks, a uh, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. In an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to stay on the subject of uh, Lieutenant Governor. More people have submitted. I got a chance to see the Providence City Council person, Sabina Matos. Uh, Joe Palino had her as his guest on his Sunday morning show. And that's the first time I've seen her in, in an extensive, it was a conversation more than an interview. But after seeing that, um, I have not had a lot of dealings with her. She seems very accomplished. Uh, she, you know, certainly is uh, ambitious. I don't view her as someone who would be ready to step into the role statewide and garner confidence that this is the person that could step in if in fact, you know, for whatever reason she'd have to become the governor again, you know, obviously successful self-made eyeing maybe mayor of Providence after seeing that. I, I just think James Diosa comes off more confident in his abilities. Sabina Matos, this all to me, it just all seems very new to you know- Really interesting point on this, John. I'm I'm a, I'm not surprised that that's how you how you view Sabina Matos. I am a little surprised that's how you view. So though, I would say 
I, I, I think truthfully, I, I'm not sure either of them, um, you know, are prepared to be the governor in the event of an emergency uh, today, right? So, so I, we should say very few people are actually prepared to be the governor. But to, to yeah. your point, um, you know, I think both of them have, uh, you know, ha- they have skills, they have political skills, certainly being Latino and Latina, like, you know, very much helps when you're going forward. But this is going to be a, it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks as Dan McKee kind of makes this path uh, and makes his decision because normally, I mean, let's be honest, normally we pay attention to the lieutenant governor's race if there's a scandal or if there's a, you know, very sensational kind of thing that is happening. But I mean, how much how much time have you ever paid attention really to a true, you know, battle for lieutenant governor? This one's different. Not a lot. Um, And this one's different. And and I think the, the thing that Dan McKee is going to face is while he's getting a lot of pressure in to, you know, appoint a woman, appoint a, uh, you know, a minority, something like that. He, the, the kind of the conversation brewing behind the scenes is, you know, beyond just the politics, you know, more than ever, is the person going to be qualified uh, and, and ready to do this? So he, I think he's battling with it. I will still say, I've said this all along, I think Sabina Matos, James Diosa are the two kind of leading candidates. I will say the yep. the new name that emerged. Well, we know about Liz Breda uh, Eric. She's another person that is big fundraiser. She potentially is in that um, you know top tier. The the other day, the new the newly released ones. There's an attorney, not a household name, but a guy named John Partridge, who you probably know because he's just been around for a long time. Yeah. This is a guy who has decades of experience uh you know he's been involved in almost every major business deal on one side or the other with the state of rhode island for the last 30 or 40 years um you know there's a guy who has uh maybe not the political experience but certainly the executive um to be a very credible candidate i think his challenge very simply you know you're an older white man being picked by an older white man um, you know, the optics of that, I think, for, in you know, democratic politics are probably a bit of a problem. Dan McGowan, to your point, I've seen limited Diosa in, in all honesty. I only think I saw him one time on Newsmakers, and it was talking about Central Falls. He seemed somewhat, again, not, it didn't blow me away or anything, but she just seemed very tentative and hesitant. So maybe they're, I'll give them, maybe they're like on the same yeah. level. Um, it's something that incoming Governor McKee is going to have to make a decision with. Who else within the Ramundo uh, administration is? Um, do you think she she may be taking with her? Well, we know that Kevin Gallagher. We we reported on your show last week that that he's right. going. He's the uh, deputy. I think I think his title is senior deputy chief of staff at this point. Um, he's going along. Uh, we've heard a couple of younger people that are. I'm not going to just aren't, aren't really in the mix on anything, you know, staff assistance type people who have applied for jobs. Um, but we don't know any other big names that are going. We do know, and I reported in Roadmap earlier this week, that uh, a former top kind of staffer to her, a guy named Gabe Amo, he's a 33-year-old kid, um, yeah. has joined the Biden administration. He's in the uh, Intergovernmental Affairs Office, fairly high-level job for a you know, uh, for a 33 year old kid, basically. Um, but we're still waiting to see, you know, who else is going to go? Uh, and then where do a lot of these people land uh, in a McKee administration? Folks, we speak with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, who had a big story this week. And Dan, what happens with the Providence schools now with Governor Mundo is going to be exiting and incoming Governor McKee, he's going to inherit uh, a teacher teachers union that does not have a contract. Yeah, this I mean, John, I give you credit because you and I have been talking about this for a year and a half now. I feel like maybe more. And the it is important uh, to know that you know while I think we all think of Dan McKee as a charter school guy and true, very much true. Uh, he's also a politician, right? And he he That's knows right. that there. A great quote from Joe Fleming, the the political you know pollster. Uh, in my story, said, you know, you do not want to go into a primary and give the unions a reason to not like you. You know, they may not like him anyway. They may not support him anyway. But 
by being kind of sticking with the commissioner and um, she will remain in place, but I mean, just sticking with her policy wise um, will, you know, I think it's going to ruffle feathers among some of those, those labor unions, particularly the teachers, the AFT side, certainly. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be a real kind of um, political will test, I think for Dan McKee. Now, look, COVID is going to be the first, second, third, and 10th priority for the next year for Dan McKee. But sooner than later, what you're going to start to see is, you know, issues always emerge in any of these big, you know, governor's race, a mayor's race. And I know, because I've talked to her, the education commissioner is deeply concerned that the Providence school takeover and the contract yep. a litmus test for candidates, right? Are you with us or are you against us if yeah. you're in the unions? And yep. uh, when that's the case, it beca- it's going to be very difficult to get anything done. That's the thing. Everybody says, well, you know, g- give, the state, give the city some time. They've had to deal with the pandemic for the last year. That's true. Of course they deserve, you know, every district deserves a little more time to figure things out. Um, you know, things are very uncertain. I get that. But you get into the, the, the calendar turns to 2022, you know, in, in now, what, 11 months, 10 months, and suddenly everything will become political. Every decision, every, you know, every move, every hire becomes political. And, you know, the closer you get to that moment, the less likely you are to see significant change. And we're not seeing a lot of movement right now. No, and also, uh, Dan McGovern, as you've reported, Gallagher, he was, I mean, he was the point person in this whole yeah, thing for so, Governor Raimondo. For listeners out there, you know, one of the first stories I ever did at the Globe was I actually broke the story that the state was considering over. This was months before it ever happened. Uh, the state was considering the takeover. For folks who want to know who this Kevin Gallagher guy is, Kevin Gallagher was the person who tried to walk me off of that story because he didn't want it to get out. Because... He was the architect. That's not a negative thing. That's his job. That is what it is. But that's how close he he was uh, before the takeover. He was instrumental in crafting sort of the legal argument to actually do it. And if you talk to Mary Beth Calabro, the union president, he was in every single country up until, you know, earlier this month. And so... Uh, that's a key player who is no longer going to be there. And I'll be interested to see who Dan McKee hires to kind of be his education liaison um, because the, their only job is going to be to get a contract done. And Dan McGowan, uh, before we take a quick break, if, if you go back to, and people, if people underestimate just how resilient and uh, how the unions operate, you go back to that, that primary 2013. Now, Angel Tavares had fired the teachers, so they had a bone to pick with him. They obviously were against Ramundo with pension reform. Bob Walsh, they basically went out, found Clay Pell. Granted, he was he came in third, but he certainly right. he took out Angel That's Tavares. Right. They have the they have the ability to and do so, that. Uh, something I learned from John, something I've learned yep. from you over the years. I remember you, you've said you've said this forever, which is the unions can wait you out, and they they waited out. Oh yeah, yeah. they waited they played out. the long game. Uh, they never really had a fight with Ken Wagner. It was a little bit, but it wasn't a big deal. Uh, and they feel, um, you know, certainly that they can wait out the commissioner. We'll see. I mean, that's that, that's always an undefined timeline and all things like that. But they believe that they can kind of wait this out. And and the reason why they strongly believe that is because when you have so much influence in politics. Every two years, all the state representatives and senators get to fight over this, and it becomes an issue, and you want their endorsement. And then every four years, if you want to be, you know, if you want the the AFL CIO, the broader union, to support you, you know, you got to be on board with the teachers, and that that's a huge problem for Democrats here. And Dan McGowan would it be safe to say Seth Magazine it, it is certainly their appears guy. to be. I would say that that's definitely the case. I will say there are a little bit of rumblings. The, the kind of the people, the smarter guys in Rhode Island politics, the Bob Walsh of the world, the guys who who know who play that long game like you talked about and can, you know, can kind of see around the corner on things that are coming. They would say they're going to give Dan McKee a um, shot here. But at the end of the day, Dan McKee is going to be a charter school supporting 
you know, governor. And that yep. is usually a big litmus test. One of the reasons they didn't like Angel Tavares was his support for charter schools. That's right. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DeCutro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill. By as much as 90%, they have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred residential commercial fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline reliable affordable fuel oil delivery it's Henry Oil serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass call them today four zero one five two one zero two hundred remember with Henry Oil automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing check out their website henryoil.com or call them today four zero one Five two one zero two hundred Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. It's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200 this winter. I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, uh, new Globe reporter, Alexa, uh, I really like this story. Everything you need to know about getting a coronavirus. Yeah, you know, we have a, a, a rock star reporter in, the, in Alexa Gagas is, is how you say her last name. And she is a uh, first of all, she's super prolific. She, she writes three or four stories every day, it feels like. So we have a lot of content in the globe uh, and certainly in our newsletter you know, roadmap. And what she's doing a really good job of is cutting through the nonsense of the, you know, the daily uh you know, uh, press release from the health department or the the small thing that's happening here or there. And she's getting lots of good answers about for people valuable 
valuable information, um, you know, about you know, when you get your vaccine and, and what are the questions that you should be asking, things like that. Um, it's just a huge asset to us right now. And, uh, and yeah, I encourage all listeners, if you have questions, if you're a little bit confused, um, uh, read the globe right now, because we've got lots of good content about, about the vaccine and everything you should know. And Dan, she also writes the story about life, lifespan care in New England and this, this uh, new agreement with Brown this University. The, That's a huge I, story. I say this is with, with the exception of COVID, this is certainly the, one of the biggest stories um, in, 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 in Rhode Island and will be, you know, potentially the biggest stories really in a generation in Rhode Island. If they can, you know, if, if you get a kind of a super hospital, you know, uh, a network of lifespan and care to England, first of all, we're talking 23,000 jobs combined. You know, you're, you're easily operation in the state in many ways. Uh, you know, you're going to control, I think Ted Nisi reported this, 70 some odd percent of the patients uh, in Rhode Island between the two. So this wow. is a mega merger. I mean, there's no question about it. What's going to be interesting to see is how quickly it can get done and how much the FTC has a role in, you know, being concerned about sort of antitrust kind of um, issues. I think on the state side, you will see approval. Remember, the health department has a say in this. So does uh, the attorney general. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Remember, the last time they came, a deal was approved by the uh, by the FTC, but then it kind of collapsed on the state end. So things have changed a bit. I think there's more concern about the FTC federally than there is locally. Um, but there's going to be an immense amount of pressure. And remember, Governor Raimondo going to the Biden administration, uh, that's asset i think for rhode island in this way now she doesn't have a say she can't you know she can't put her thumb on the scale but let's be high level person in the biden administration you want this to happen um you know that there's a good chance a much better chance than there has been in the past that this will all go through and we will have a you know a a mega merger between the entities and brown Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, who might people, some people may not know, but uh, Dan is obviously a baseball fan and coaches baseball and coaches Little League in Providence. And Dan, I love this story on uh, Richard in Providence, a Little League president teaches life lessons along with baseball. I think I've spoken with him on the radio uh, in the past. You know, I love the story because it's people like this that they, they influence, they have such impact on so many young lives. And a lot of times it's you know, they, they don't get the... Well, I, I appreciate that, John. Yeah, Richard Hemphill, who's, who's this uh, very charismatic, very good-looking guy who is... Uh, he's 60 years old. He's got a great backstory. Grew up in Tennessee, uh, you know, was in the Marine for 20 years. Is like a world-class... I think he's an eighth-degree eighth black belt uh, in, ta- in Taekwondo. So, you know, he means business. But I know him personally coaching. I, I, I coach in Providence. He, he runs a different league. And here's a guy who and I think you, he, I'm sure I've heard him call into your show over the years. And, you know, he's a guy who, um, you know, for, in all this time right now of particularly of, of you know, this this culture of you know, cancel culture or this, you know, sort of Democrats really holding the line on one way and then Republicans or conservatives being, you know, very, uh, you know, very much on the different end of almost every issue. Here's a guy who certainly has a conservative background. He preaches, you know, fiscal responsibility and personal responsibility. You should see him. I mean, you know, he calls out, not by name, but, but to say, like, I need you. I don't, I'm not asking you to volunteer at my little league. I'm not asking you to, um, I'm barely even asking you for any money to sign your kids up, but I need you to show up. I need you to be in the stand so kids can see you. So, you know, kids can see that you care. He preaches this all the time. And here's a guy who has, you know, really developed this uh, this little league in Providence, Silver Lake, uh, Silver Lake Onlyville, into a, a pretty successful little program. By the way, he gets no, you know, he doesn't get paid for this. It's just something he likes to do. Um, I can, I don't do nearly as much work as he does, but I can only imagine the hours that this guy puts in. Um, we get a kick every year. My kids and go go play his kids, and. Um, you know, he, he announces the game. So, you, you know, you're eight years old and you say, you know, John DePietro coming up to bat. That stuff really, really matters. And uh, it was really fun to write a nice little profile on him wow. today. 
Dan McGowan, I also, folks, there's a great story in the Boston Globe, and I think this is, I'm interested to see how this is going to translate on Thursday, but Baker administration calls for Massachusetts elementary students being in school five days a week in April, oldest students to follow. Dan McGowan, I, I, I want to see how this, I mean, if Mass is doing this, that means Rhode Island should do it. And what I think makes this different, and you and I have talked about this, there was a big difference when you had the Trump administration, Governor Mundo is trying to battle with the unions. Randy Weingarten has an ally in Biden. April is going to shape up that this this could get very contentious in mass. And then in if mass is doing it. I mean, yeah, the, the good news about Rhode learning. Island is if you call it good news, the, 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 the news about Rhode Island is because so many districts did follow the governor's sort of uh, urging for so long. You know, yes. we are not necessarily the, you know, the epicenter of any of these issues right now. Um, I do think that um, it is a it is going to become a ma- in, in places, especially where uh, you know blue states or blue cities where you know unions have so much influence. I think this is a, a big issue. It's going to be an issue in Boston for sure. Uh, it, I think it's going to be an issue in a lot of places because yeah. you are you heard over the weekend Rahm Emanuel, the former mayor of Chicago that Rhode Island is the blueprint. Everybody should do yep. Yeah, they said they should do, ex- they should do exactly what Rhode Island is That's doing. Right. And, um, and so it's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting because as you said, Randy Weingart, who we talk about a lot has, is the most powerful, one of the most powerful labor leaders in the entire country has drawn that line of the sand. She has moved from, you know, this isn't safe to we need to get kids back in school, even if a vaccine isn't there for every teacher. So uh, I think you're right. I think this is a I think this is a huge going forward. And Dan McGowan, before I let you go and we're going to let people how, know how they can get roadmap, I want to again encourage people. The Ed Fitzpatrick story from pensions, to the pandemic moments that define Gina Raimondo's time in R.I. politics. I think he doesn't really go through it that I know of, but I think you'll appreciate this is Sunday to me was a perfect example. She knew from the very beginning the importance of having and I'm not just talking about a press person, but a machine and cranking out stories. To me, Rahm Emanuel this week uh, quoting and, the you know, what Biden ought to do is, is you know, for that former governor of Ireland is Commerce Secretary. You know, she's got the blueprint. To me, that is from right. that extensive New York Times story that got planted last week. You know, that that to me, it, it, this is someone who from be- always understood number two, uh, fundraising and having a, a very effective PR machine. Not here necessarily in Rhode Island. You nailed it. Let's, let's be honest about this. Uh, this is DC. a Democratic and a Republican thing. There is no governor and no mayor outside of Rhode Island who – you know, every day thinks about, boy, what's Rhode Island doing, right? The only way you figure out what Rhode Island is doing is by a big story in the New York Times magazine. And that's how, you know, that's why those comments from Rahm yeah. Emanuel came. And I, I think you're right. I think it's it's actually very much kind of the untold story of the Ramunda legacy. We all know about how good of a fundraiser she was, but her ability to um, you know, pick spots to get lots of national attention. And it ha- you know, it's, it's all the same reason she's a good fundraiser, right? She, she's got a national network. Uh, she's much more from everything I've ever heard when she talks to a, you know, a big columnist at the times, or she talks to the wall street journal. Um, she's much more kind of open and, um, you know, I think candid with her assessment of things. She, she, she likes that. I remember, I'll tell you, John, when, when the Globe launched in Rhode Island, she came up to the Globe uh, when we didn't even have an office yet in Rhode Island. We were in Boston still. Uh, she came up and did a, did a you know, interview with me and with a couple of people like on the editorial board. And we just, you know, talked to her. And she was, even in that, even knowing me, knowing I was a local, she was she ever is uh, locally, and I think she feels comfortable with that media. And I think it's real. I think it has largely helped her over the, over her career. In the pandemic, her doing the daily press briefings. I mean, we watched her. She excels at them now. It's full of confidence. The the twenty four seven the seven day a week press briefing pandemic really. Uh, catapulted her to feel so confident to me in going for the VP slot 
and then nailing down a cabinet position. So I think at some point I will buy you lunch someday. We may, I think we're going to be on the ground in Iowa. You, you and, and I, and going I to be, uh, be running for president on the Democrat me. side. <laughs> yes, I will. I am. Your, your money's no good in Iowa, Dan McGowan. I'm picking up the check. Now, folks, each day, I uh, first thing I do is I check my inbox, and there is an email from Dan McGowan and Roadmap. Dan McGowan, I'd like Susan, to share that. You don't pay for it, it's completely free. Uh, it's called Roadmap. It comes to your inbox every single day. And what you get, it's a very quick read. You get uh, something new, something interesting from me, whether it's you know a scoop or just some analysis on something. You get all the stories that John and I talk about when when we're you know going over whatever's in the globe, uh, and then you get a nice rundown of you know what's happening today. We know Thursday is the governor's press conference, and we know you know here's what finance committee is doing things like that. So like I said, five minute read, completely free, and the best way you can get it is just send me a blank i news at globe.com ri news at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning folks All right, talk McGowan, soon, Jan, great job stay safe and we'll talk to you mega logistics they're there to help you give them a call today 401-431-2300 mega mega logistics if you have freight you need freight goods Third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankee tree service.com